I'm going to ask you a question. This is, we're going to start a new series starting next week. And uh, I, want, I want you to kind of enter an um, imaginary world with me for a minute, okay? Okay, you ready? Let's imagine for a minute we had no electronics. No, no, that's not where I'm going with that. I had no electronics. And also, you had no access to a Bible. Now, I know a lot of you probably have a bunch of Bibles at the house, maybe different versions, maybe one of those really cool, fancy ones that I, I know a lot of homes when I was a kid had them out on the coffee table, that kind of thing. But let's imagine you had no access to that. And then what you, your job was or what you wanted to do was to share the, some of the essentials about Christianity with people. What verses could you remember? So you, don't, you can't go look them up. There's no reference, but what verses could you remember? Now, our, our JPQ kids, I know, their hands are already up. I got that. Okay. But for everybody, so here's what we did. What we did is we put this list together of what we felt were like the top 10 verses. Now, that's hard to do with the Bible because there's so many verses. They're so good. And I actually have a page of probably 25 or 30 that I would like to have done. But for the series, we're going to do eight. So here's a little challenge for you if you want to help with this. You could actually email me. My email address is very easy to remember for me. Um, here's how it goes. It's Dennis Luce, L-U-C-E, at crownpointchurch.com. I know it's long because crown and point has an E on it. But why don't you if, you, just, if you have some time and you think one of those verses that you know and you're important, and this is one that for sure you would want to pass on. Can you imagine that world, though, if we all had to just put our minds together and collectively, I wonder how much of the Bible we could come up with. How many verses could we all come together with? You want to hear an interesting fact? In the New Testament times, you know, that when the New Testament was written, some of those books were written as early as just a few years after Jesus' death. They started writing these books. And then as they collected them together, here's a really interesting fact. In that next hundred years or so, the church pastors, they call them the church fathers, they would actually write letters to one another and quote verses. Every verse of the New Testament, except for 11 verses, could be reconstructed identically from their letters. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We just don't do that today. Most of us don't write letters. And, you know, like I know in my email, I have a, there's a verse I have in my tagline there, but I don't write that every week. So anyway, if you, if you think about it, we want you to do that. And we're going to add to the challenge next week. What we're going to do is, as a church, we're going to memorize each of these verses every week. It'll be really simple. By the end of the series, you will for sure have those eight, and you will be ready to conquer this dystopian future, okay? But we are talking about electronics a little bit. You know what I'm curious about? It's been hot, right? Right? <laughs> and humid. I'm wondering, by a show of hands, how many of you still have a thermometer at your house, in the house? I'm talking in the house where you can see it. Wow. I, I don't know how long ago, maybe 20 years ago, everybody's hand would have gone up, Right? Okay, well, okay, that's, yeah, a lot of times we don't have those anymore, but let me ask you this. How, how many of you watch the weather on the news every day? You, that's something you do every day. You make sure and catch the weather. How many of you do that? Yeah, not, that's dropping off a little bit too. Um, what channel do you, what's, what's the best channel? Who thinks channel four is the most accurate? Okay, that's a lot of hands. How, who thinks channel five is the most accurate? Who? <laughs> Here you got, how old are you, John? A 13-year-old saying it's all fake news. So <laughs> they figure it out young these days, these kids. But okay, who thinks Channel 9 is the most accurate news? Wow, you guys are pretty evenly split. I guess that's why they all stay in business. How about 41? Does anybody watch 41? I couldn't even tell you who's on there. Okay. I don't even know. Okay, okay, well, okay. How many, though, how many of you check the weather on your phone? 
That's what I thought. That's what we do, right? And it's right there at the thought. I mean, you just have a thought. Hey, I wonder what, oh, well, let me just check. I'll check, right? And we do it all day long. It's pretty cool. You know, the funny thing about the world we live in, this information superhighway, you can access so much information just like that. Back when I was a kid, you know, if you wanted information, you had to get an encyclopedia. And I've asked this before, but I'm just curious again. How many of you grew up with a set of those at the house? Okay. I don't know what happened to all those, but, but maybe some of you still have them. How many of you had a, one of those big, big dictionaries? How many of you had uh, phone books? Remember those? Weren't those great when like someone would come over and you could use it as a booster seat or something? That's what we usually did with them. But did you know, um, <laughs> I heard this years ago and I looked it up just to clarify. Did you know you can call the New York Public Library if you want information? Did you know that? It's a number. If you want it, I'll give it to you because I think it'd be funny to try it. I've never even tried it, but it's 917-ASK-NYPL, New York Public Library. And they actually field questions, let me tell you. Uh, they field uh, over 40, no, yeah, 40, 40 calls a day for questions. People call and ask the most incredibly crazy things. And then what they do is look it up real quick and give you the answer. A lot of the calls have to do with the library, but not all. They have nine people who do this all the time. Isn't that interesting? So if you, if you would rather not use, not use Google, you could use that number, just call them. And you get to talk to a real person. They have nine staff working all day on that. But speaking of Google, I heard this this week, and it just blew my mind. What we were thinking is for today, we would talk about how different media is. How many of you remember, how many of you remember a day when there were no cell phones? How many of you don't remember that? Yeah. Yeah, life is changing right before our eyes. On Google, as a search engine, get this, 63,000 searches per second every day. That's way more than the New York Public Library could handle, but that adds up to 3.8 million searches per minute, 228 million searches per hour, 5.6 billion searches per day, 2 trillion searches per year. Does anybody here, somebody might know this, do you know what the first search engine was called? Does anybody know? It was short for archive and they called it Archie, they just took out uh, one of the letters. That was 1990, which seems like a long time ago now if you think about it. And then Yahoo came out in 94. Does anybody remember Ask Jeeves? Remember that one? What was different about Ask Jeeves is they tried to make it so you could just ask a natural question. You didn't have to be super specific in the way you worded it. That's what made Ask Jeeves kind of revolutionary for its time. And then in 2005 is when Google came out and Bing came out in 2006. Now, those existed before, but they weren't what they, we use today. What we use today came out in 2005, <clears throat> and it's grown that fast. How many remember um, early email? 1995, AOL, Prodigy, CompuServe, remember those? Does anybody remember Rocket Mail? Free Rocket Mail, and then they got bought out by Yahoo. And um, in 1996, 10% of Americans used email. That changed, but in in simple uh, span of five years, went up to 50%, 50% of people. Now they estimate it's closer to the 90s in the United States. Um, Gmail came out in 2004, and now one-third of all email is done on Gmail, one-third. Hard to imagine, isn't it? How many, how many realize that things like this, Google, media, whatever, it's just a tool, right? 
And tools can be used for good or evil. I mean, fire is a tool, right? That same fire that might warm your house could burn your hand. I mean, right? It's, it's good. It's not, in itself, it's not good or bad. It's a tool. It's something that can be used for good or for not good. And the same is true with the, the information superhighway for Google or whatever. I love, I love the internet and I love media for a lot of reasons. Let me just list a couple of them for a minute. Probably the number one thing is family. I can stay connected to my family, not only my family in my house, sometimes better that way. I can see what's going on and on their minds. But then also family all around the country and sometimes around the world. I, we can communicate and you can do it now in so many ways. You can literally see them face to face and video chat and all that. It's, it's remarkable. I know we had a situation recently where Grace was driving up and, and for Easter and her car broke down and she's in Springfield this summer and at, she broke down down in Bolivar and I'm racking my brain. Wait, I know people in Bolivar and I'm thinking about this youth pastor friend of mine in Bolivar and I'm thinking, well, I don't have his phone number. I'm thinking, how can I call him? I know what. Did you know you can call somebody on Facebook? So I looked him up on Facebook and I called him and he answered his phone. So Facebook called his cell phone and I talked to him and they helped her out. That's amazing, isn't it? I love that. I love that. I, can, I love that I can see what's happening with my cousins and my aunt and uncles and I can kind of keep up. And one of my cousins got married or one of their kids got married. Who I don't even know their kid, but I feel like I do because I, I felt like I was at their wedding because they had so many pictures. You know what I mean? Isn't that awesome? You can just keep up that way. I love that part. I love that we have friends that we stay in contact with, and in some cases, friends who we haven't seen in years and years and years, and you can reconnect and, and catch up, past and present, those that are near and far, those that are close, and even ones that aren't that close. And How about this? You ever been thinking about something, you had a weird question, and you thought, you know what? I can, figure, I can find that out immediately. Let me just see what the answer is. Boom. Right? You ever had to do that, like maybe settle a disagreement or just a fun you know, thing where you weren't sure who was right? Hey, well, we can figure that out. Boom. Plan a vacation, plan a trip, buy your airline tickets, whatever you need to do. You can explore a different country. You can see a trail, a road. You can look at your own house. Have you ever done that? That's kind of spooky sometimes. Sometimes you look at your own house and you think, hey, that's my car. It's right there. You know what I thought I would do the other day? I, it was just kind of on a whim. I thought, you know what? I know this. they've got all this technology. When I was a kid, my dad was in the Navy. We lived in the Philippines, right? And I thought, I wonder if I could see that. So I thought, well, let's just Google it. So I did. So this is, this is uh, one of the provinces, uh, Luzon, actually. And then you can see Manila there. And you see that little dot, that red dot? That's our base. That's the air base we lived on when I was a little kid. And it's renamed it now. It used to be called Sangley Point when it was American, and they gave it back to the Filipinos, and they renamed it. But that's where it is. And I thought, well, what if I, what if I put the satellite view on and then zoom in a little bit? I wonder if I can see my old house. Guess what? I can. So that's my house. That was four houses, four uh, two-story houses all in one little unit right there. And we lived in the second one from the left right there. And that's Manila Bay, and we would look over the bay and see huge jellyfish, and, and we would see Filipinos in their bonka boats, and we would see, I mean, it was amazing. And then right there is the pier we used to run to anytime there was an earthquake, because as you all know, right, the pier would shake longer than the ground. It was just way more fun. And we would, ca <laughs> we would catch every kind of fish you can imagine, and, and uh, we would see, I mean, sometime, this one time this guy caught a barracuda, and it was just flopping around, and it had big old teeth, and everybody's trying to get away from it, and we couldn't get close enough. And, and then that's where we climbed over the seawall and underneath the razor wire, and we were collecting shells, so the tide had gone way out, and there was really cool ones right there. We'd been looking at them for years, and we couldn't get to them, and we got to them that day. 
And we got in trouble because an MP saw us because we're off base and it was bad news, but that's where it happened. (laughs) How cool is that? Isn't that cool? I love that we can do that kind of stuff. I love that we can see that. And whether it is fake news, you can find news all the time about anything, anywhere, and you can find out what's happening. You can look at foreign news. You can look at our news. You can look at the weather and the radar, and you can look at banking. And I don't know. I I checked this on a couple different lists. The top 10 uses of the internet right now are electronic mail research, downloading, discussion groups, interactive games, education, self-improvement, friendship and dating, electronic newspapers, magazines, job hunting, and shopping. How many shop on the internet? All right. How many would say you do half your shopping on the internet? It's growing. It's getting there. But how many of you are aware that that it's not all good? There's things we got to worry about, right? There's some really serious things we have to worry about. It's not all good. Some of the things, like a tool, can be used for good or it can be used for evil, and it's, it's one of the really sad things. They say that 30% of the internet is used for seeing really inappropriate things. We have kids in here. I'm not going to say these words. Did you know that 21% of kindergartners through second graders have access to a cell phone without supervision? 70% of kids have accidentally encountered some of those inappropriate images online, and they're usually doing a web search for homework. Did you know that the largest group of inappropriate images are 12 to 17-year-olds? You can do some things on there that are scary and dangerous. Only one-third of households actually employ online filtering or blocking software. Sad thing about it is you've got to protect yourself first. And this is a verse I want us to think about today. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The truth is with any tool, and this one, this one has unlimited capabilities, the fact is that there are prowling lions that are looking to devour us. And for our souls, we need to protect ourselves. Not only ourselves, we need to protect our kids. We need to think about this. And here's the most important thing you can do is just to be honest with your children. Talk to them. Let them know you love them, you care about them. Let them know that you, because you care about them, you want to protect them, and that's why you do some of the things that you do. Here's something I will, I will always believe is true, that as parents, you do know best. You do know best. You have life experience, but you don't always know how and what to do. And the problem with that is we live in a world today where our kids are digital natives, but we're kind of uh, digital immigrants. Have you noticed that? You can give a phone to like a four or five-year-old, and they can figure it out, where for a lot of us, it takes a while, Right? And the sad thing about that is there's things they'll know. But for us, I just want to give you some tips on how to protect your kids and protect yourself. You got to know what what apps and platforms the kids are using. You have to be involved, be engaged. For instance, I was just curious, um, does anybody know what the most downloaded, at least in the last two months, the most downloaded app is? It's called TikTok, evidently. Did you guys say that? How many adults know what that is? Yeah, that's what I thought. How many kids know what that is? And what is it, guys? It's a music and video sharing app. Yeah, it is funny. And the sad thing is, is people take something, again, that's meant for good and funny, and they can use it for evil. So you got to be careful. And one of the problems with TikTok is that the privacy settings are either all open or all closed. So it doesn't have a lot of variations. But there's so many others. I mean, I think about Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. Actually... Most young people now, I guess, call Facebook mom book, right? Because 
It's for old people. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Here's the thing. You got to protect your kids, and you got to help them understand you do that for their good. So one thing I would encourage you to do as much as possible is know what they're on and add them as a friend. Be part of that circle. Help them to understand. We tell them in real life, don't talk to strangers. It goes double for the internet. Don't talk to strangers. Don't communicate like that. There's so many texting apps I had no idea. I googled texting apps, and I just wrote down a few. Just let me name some, and maybe you've heard of them. I had not heard of half of them. Uh, Haywire, Text Me, Line, Text Plus, Tango, Viber, Text Free, Pinger, Com, Hangouts, WhatsApp, WeChat. You guys ever heard of those? Those are all apps that you can text people all around the world, and it doesn't show up on your actual phone like a text. I mean, it doesn't show up on your account like a text. So it's separate, and it can be kind of scary because there's very little controls on that kind of thing. You know what I tell your kids, too? Don't do online polls and surveys. A lot of that stuff is phishing apps and ways for people to try to get information. Don't ever give out any personal information or your email. Don't, don't let kids just buy things. Make sure you have that stuff locked down and protected. I would check your kids' phones. Go through it with them. Let them know that you care about them and you want to see. Because this is true in every area of life. People don't usually do what you inspect. They always, or they, people do what you inspect, not always what you expect. I would say this too, as much as possible, make sure this stuff's done in public. Because when things are unattended, then uh, unattended, then unintended consequences show up. There's so many other things you can do. You can set up uh, restrictions, even on game systems. You can, you can use your internet providers. Most of them have restrictions that you can employ. Your phone company, the manufacturer of your phone, software, so much good software out there. Like Covenant Eyes, that's one of the things that the church uses. That's accountability software. So if inappropriate things were to come up, we can talk to each other about it. Um, internal settings. Maybe you didn't know this, that even YouTube has a restricted uh, mode you can put on there on the bottom of the site. You can go there. Let me just tell you about some of the other things, though. One, I think one of the most dangerous things is the isolation that media can do to us. We've all seen where someone's got their nose buried in a book, Right? and they're not communicating, right? I mean, it used to be the newspaper on the train, and now it's like electronics. But the fact is, when you're there, be there. And as a family, you guys can set the boundaries for that and, and make sure kids understand. You just wanna share and be as a family. So a lot of people, you know, you wanna set up rules where, hey, when, when people come home, we have time without electronics, and we spend time together and communicate and talk and have family time. It's another thing a lot of families do where they limit screen time or use their screen time as a reward. Or, and whatever you do as a parent, make sure as you talk about it that you set a good example, that you as a parent set a good example. Set up clear ground rules and expected behavior and then consequences. And there's even some health benefits. I know I was reading some stuff. They're talking about you know, the insomnia and things people struggle with. A lot of it's because when we're looking at a screen, it does something that keeps our brain active on a different level and can make it difficult to sleep or at least get into good, healthy sleep. So to give yourself a time away from that kind of thing, you know, even before you go to bed. There's other dangers with it. Obviously, people comparing pictures or comparing lives. And we've heard this before that a lot of times... You're comparing your everyday life to their highlight reel, and it's not really real. And they say that this is one of the number one uh, causes of depression in young people, is the idea that they will never measure up or be perfect enough or good enough. Here's how I look at it. It all comes down to this. We're all given the same amount of time every day, 
and we can spend it however we want. We literally spend time. It's something that we have, and it's a commodity, and we can spend it on each other, or we can spend it away. So just a few things for you to think about. Uh, What I'd like to do, too, is give you a list of resources and tools that you as a parent and a family can look at and see if they're things that might be helpful to you. So what I did was, both on our Facebook and then if you use the YouVersion Bible app, where I, I always put the notes for the sermon, it's in there, and it's also on our Facebook right now. And what I, it's funny to me because I was going to put all these links in Facebook as a comment, and it said I was not allowed to do that because it violated their community standards. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, really? How, what, what here would com- violate a community standard? So I don't know what it was, but I just, what I did is made a picture of it and posted it as a picture So if you go on our church Facebook, you'll see there's tons of great information here. There's websites you can go to that give you a lot of help as a family and a parent in protecting yourself from these things. Then I have a lot of, I have links to uh, showing you the privacy settings for popular apps like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Kick, and Ask.fm. And then there's just some uh, family-friendly websites to give you some uh, information about that. All right, I want everybody to do something with me for one second. I want you to shut your eyes for a second. That verse that we looked at a few minutes ago, it's a very important verse. And it's a verse that that really speaks to the heart. And it says, so everybody keep your eyes closed. It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What I want you to do, my deepest prayer for you as a pastor is that your your heart would be, be shielded away and you would be safe. So let me just pray over you, and then Pastor Jeremy's going to close the service, and we're going to jump into the rest of the fun for today. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless every family that's here, every child to grandparent, and that you would bless them with safety online, that you'd keep them safe, that you'd help them to use those incredible tools for your glory, and that you'd keep them safe in every way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.